Blog Talk Radio. of emergency. Bitches, 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 bitches. You want me to do? I'm sorry. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. back. Corporate love and hustle. Making money hustle. Independent business. 24 struggle. On the block hustle. Crooked cop hustle. No sleep in these streets. 24 struggle. On the stroll hustle. Tricking John hustle. Working the pole. That's your goal. 24 struggle. Counterfeit hustle. Politics hustle. Yeah. It's 
that's how we get it popping off, so we all bubble, bubble, bubble. Hey, you love them, who you wanna be hugging? Go with niggas that be sucking, that be sucking. You know we hustle around Hey, hey, happy Thursday, y'all. Welcome to Let's Chat. I am Miss Leisha. You know, I'm going to be missing my right hand, and most of the time she is my left, the fabulous Miss Tony. but she will be back on next week. I'm excited about tonight because, um, you know, I have a, everybody knows my passion is books, but I love the um, process authors go through. Um, I love to feel their passion for what they want and their vision and just the, the, the passion to make those things happen. And I saw a post, and I see this post quite often, and I always says that, you know, authors are um, almost extinct. And I don't think so. You know, I don't think so. Um, the industry doesn't think so. You know, it's projected that um, in the years to come, the industry is to grow to around $113 billion U.S. dollars. And that's from 2015 to $123 billion U.S. dollars by 2020. So definitely um, the book industry the market, it's not extinct. Authors are not extinct. You have authors that publish books every year. You have tons of blogs that talk about book publicity, the basics of books, how to market books. People are making money just teaching people how to publish. And I think that people think that it's becoming an in that authors are becoming extinct because of lack of understanding. You know, here on Let's Chat, we always say, um, know what you know because you know it. Not because someone told you. Not because um, you read it somewhere. Yeah, you're going to read. Yeah, somebody's going to tell you, but you got to have that experience. you got to be able to um, have the experience know what it is, or have an understanding of what it is. Because you can read something and not have an understanding. Somebody can tell you something and you don't have an understanding. So today on Let's Chat, our topic is the business of books. I think that a lot of authors get um, frustrated. I think a lot of publishers get frustrated. Independent authors and publishers get frustrated because they don't know the business of books. They don't have an understanding of the business of books. And I think it's very important that if you're going to be be able to move forward in this industry, you have to have a real understanding of the business of books and know that you are a business. Once you are an author and you publish that book, honey, you are a business. Off top, I don't care if you're signed or not, you are a business and you should, should conduct yourself at all times as such. And it's not a cheap industry. You know, shout out to Aaron Bebo because he always says you can't be broke if you want to publish and write books. And that's so true because if you want something done right, it's going to cost you. 
However, I think that is very, very, very important to have an understanding, very important to research, take classes. They always have webinars. Get all the information that you can get. I think all of that is very important, and it helps your arsenal. It helps you learn the industry. It helps you understand the industry. And then you can share what you know with others so that they can be better um, prepared, so that they can go out and research, so that they can go out and get an understanding. Thank you for telling me this. Now they got a little something to put in their knapsack. Now they're going out. They're researching marketing. They're researching everything. And I think that a lot of times social media is um, misleading. You have all kinds of authors on social media. But social media is maybe a quarter of what it's going to take to get your book where you want it to be. Your feet are going to have to do the rest until your book gains legs of its own. Your pen is going to have to do the rest. You know, people, they were talking about um, earlier today, you know, I, I breezed past posts, y'all, child, because y'all know I don't, be, I, don't, I don't comment on posts. You know, that's how I keep myself out of stuff. I don't comment on posts, but I'm going to comment right here. So they were talking about these titles, and this is the thing. You can have, you have some of these titles that are so crazy, like, dude, come on now, Really? However, when you open it up and you read it, the author's pen is actually really nice. They got a nice pen. They know the craft. But somebody failed to tell them how to package up their eye candy, how, how to make it so that they understand that your cover, your synopsis, your title, even the way your name appears on the front of that book, that's all part of the eye candy right along with your personality. That is the eye candy of your book. When people don't know you, when people have never heard of you, if book clubs are not talking about you, that is your eye candy. That becomes your word of mouth, you. You and your personality. Once you write that book, now it's time to not only sell the book but yourself because in order to get that book sold, you've got to be able to sell yourself at the same time. So we got the fabulous, fabulous author Publisher, book consultant, well, concierge, as she calls herself, the fabulous E.N. Joy. She's going to come in here and she's going to talk about the business of books. She has a fabulous event that's coming up in Vegas. Um, her Path to Publishing event is coming up in Vegas in September. She's going to be talking about that. Um, she's dropping books. She's going to be talking about that. So I'm excited to have her in the chat room to come and just kick it with us and talk that talk about books. But we got to learn the business of books. People say that authors are a dying breed. They're not. They need to, need to learn how to do the business of books properly. They need to learn how to market their books and, and, and the business portion behind the scenes. If they learn that, they'll be all right, I believe. You know what I'm saying? I believe that they will be all right because you got a new author every day. Nobody's ever going to stop writing a book. Now, readers, on the other hand, they're a little shaky. You know, they're a little shaky. But I think that if the authors get it together, the readers will follow. You know what I'm saying? Because the thing is with the reader, and, and this may be in the reader first, once you get in the reader's mind, they while it follow. 
Once you get in their mind, they wallet follow and everything else, it follows. And I'm going to say 90% of readers that buy books are women. So it's very important to know, to not only just know your audience, but know that everybody you meet is your audience at some point in time. Because you, people, books is kind of like walking into a 31 Flavors. If you listen to the show, you know I say this all the time. Books are like walking into a 31 Flavors. Y'all know y'all go to Cold Stone, Baskin Robbins. Y'all go up into that thing. Y'all, it's hot outside, so you see all the, the little flavors. you like, ooh, so they got a few new flavors since the last time. You have snuck in there, yeah, because you know summertime, so folks are sneaking into Cold Stones and, and Baskin and Robbins um, on the sly. So you go in there, they got some new flavors. You're like, ooh. They get the little spoon, you know that little the little spoon that they be trying to put a big old heap of nothing on that just make you mad. So they like, uh, how can I help you? Ooh, let me try this. Oh, ooh, 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 that's pretty good. Oh, let me try this. Ooh, that one over there, what's that taste like? Oh, girl, I don't know. You don't know. Let me taste that too. That's the same thing with the book. You don't know what you like. Readers really don't know what they like until they are introduced to it. For example, we had an author come on. Um, a couple of years ago, I would say two years ago, and I never really picked up a um, historical romance book. That was not my thing. It, it just wasn't on my radar until she came on the show. And by the time she finished talking, I was like, okay. And so the first historical fiction, uh, romance fiction book that I put, picked up was um, the Douglas women, um, which talks about um, Mr. Douglas, you know, yes, Mr. Abolitionist, but talks about his wife and his mistress, who was bold, jawed out, she was bold, they were doing it bold back in the day, but that was my first historical romance that I ever picked up, and that book is written so well that it's just drama. And that's what really draws people in. The readers, that drama and that fiction, you know, people think because you got readers that like street lit, that it's the shoot 'em up bang bang that they like. It's the drugs. No, it's that drama. It's drama and the conflict that draws people into these books because it takes you into another world. Now you out of your drama into somebody else's drama. And if it's written really, really well, the author can take you from a high to a low to the side, have you all in your feelings all at the same time. By the time you finish reading that book, you look up, you've been sitting in one spot three, four hours. So it's very, very important, you know, that authors understand the business of books. So we're going to take the, a brief break, and we're going to bring in the fabulous E. Enjoy. We're going to hit you with some of this Omar Tyree, yes. Omar Tyree does more than just write books. He does music, too. I want an MBA contract. Major league, who's contact? Get so much dough on luxury tax. And when I die, they put me in wax. From balls so hard, 
picture that I want an MBA contract Floyd Mayweather money in the backpack Cut the check and let me cash that Now the ladies all want me to flash that Yeah, they all want me to flash that That NBA contract That NBA I wish I was born with a wicked jump shot Steph Curry style, choke a three from a mile Or I cross you over like Kyrie James Harden to the rim with a lefty Or play real hardball like Jimmy B Better yet, raise up like KD But I can only be who I was born to be And that's a Kyrie with a double E A West Philly slash Uptown OG Now get a load of me, I'm in the owner's seat That's where I gotta be to guarantee my legacy You heard me say, yeah, I'm not a player I'm a owner, a high roller Since back in the days of Shaq and AI Now I'm in the music game, people asking why Cause I'ma stay a writing hustler till I die I want an NBA contract Major League, who's contact? Give me so much dough, I'm luxury sack And when I die, they put me in whack From far too hard, picture that I want an NBA contract Floyd Mayweather money in the backpack Cut the check and let me cash that Now the ladies all want me to flash that Yeah, they all want me to flash that That NBA contract That NBA Find me a seven foot young boy Teach him the moves on a hard floor Win us the title and we will adore Now we got one ring but we want more We gotta keep the speed up like John Wall And let's see if these young Lakers can really ball Will they come up short or will they stand tall? Now we all talking about Russ, Mellow, and Paul. The next big three, okay, we'll see. LeBron's reunited with D for ring three. But that'll be ring number four for both fours. We know Ben Simmons can pass, but will he score? Drive it down the lane to the whole thing of gold, yes. The six is still the trust in the process. But hey, it won't matter what they all say when the Warriors come out to play. Hey, I want an NBA contract. Major League, who's contact? And when I die, they put me in wax From falling too hard, picture that I want an NBA contract Floyd Mayweather money in the backpack Cut the check and let me cash that Now the ladies all want me to flash that Yeah, they all want me to flash that That NBA contract That NBA Alright, alright, alright yeah! Yes, we are back. We are back. Welcome to Let's Chat. I am Miss Leisha, you know, my right hand, and most of the time she is my left. The fabulous Miss Tony will be back with us on next week. We wish her a speedy recovery. Tonight we are talking that talk, child. We are talking that talk about the business of books. Yes, that is important. For us to make sure that we get the understanding of the business of books, not just talking about our books and and wanting to sell it and market it. That's all that is nice, but you got to know the business of it. And so we have the fabulous author, publisher, book concierge, uh, Ian Joy, with us tonight. How are you, sweetie? I'm fabulous too. You don't call me fabulous ten times. So I'm like I'm feeling kind of fabulous now. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Yes, honey. So before we get started, before we get started, okay, you got to, you you was in the chat room maybe a month or so ago. You got to tell us what you've been cooking in your creative kitchen. Oh, my goodness. You know me. I, I put the pen down for a minute. You know, I'm, I, I write as best-selling author E. Enjoy. 
um, uh, author of the Diva series, Coin Soap Poppers Imprint. Okay, they give you your life. They are addictive. But I had to put the pen down for a minute because I'm transitioning in teaching authors the business of writing. So that is what I've been doing. I have been creating curriculum, creating webinars, courses, newsletters, any way I can help the authors realize this is a business. And being an author is a job, and it has a job description, okay? The book is the business. The role, the job, that is an author. So I'm just trying to, you know, teach authors um, the job description, and how to turn that book into a business, how to turn their intellectual property into an empire. So I've just been, you know, in my cave, going in, preparing for the huge conference that's taking place in Las Vegas, Nevada this September, September 20th, 21st, and 22nd, the Act Like an Author, Think Like a Business Conference. Because if you want to be successful with your books, you have to act like an author. But if you want to be financially successful, you have to think like a business. Mm-hmm. You better talk okay. that talk. I know that's right. You <laughs> let them know. Let them know what it is. Because a lot of authors, they get frustrated. They get frustrated. They go with a publisher. They get frustrated. It's like the publisher is there, but they're there to understand the business side of books. You know what I'm saying? You got to know the business side. And when it's business, that means that somebody needs some coins. And it takes yep. coin for a book. It takes coin to buy a book, but it also takes coin to put one out. And if you just put it, it out all willy-nilly, you don't have no vision behind it. You know, I always ask clients um, when they come to me, I always say, what is your vision? What is your vision for your book? Because I really believe if your vision is Amazon's top 20 on social media, then that's what it's going to have. Because mm-hmm. that is the vision for your book. That's how far you. How far do you see it going? Now, if you see your book going into Walmart, then you have to move. Um, as such, I believe that yeah. you have to go into Walmart. Look at the type of books that are in there. Look how they're formatted. Look at how the covers are. That means that you got to make sure that you change your cover. Title, all of that has to be on point because why? When you go into Walmart, Costco, Sam's Club, those the book aisle, those books are unison. They might have all yeah. kinds of titles, but they're clean and crisp. And you and know what? They, you just they're not something. too crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just said something. You said you know the the authors get discouraged, and and I see it. You know, and I, I see their posts on social media where they're ready to throw their pens down. You know, they're ready to give up. They're getting discouraged. And you, you, that's why I said, you know what, no, I'm going to throw my pen down. I'm going to throw my pen down in a good way. I'm going to throw my pen down so you can keep your pen because I want to teach you how to do this. So I'm not going to let you throw your pen down. I'm going to put my pen down. I'm going to take a break from writing to teach, to become a literary educator. Now, you have to have money to run a business. That's just that. You have to have money to run a business. So everybody can't say they want to write a book. I have a book in me. God told me to write a book. Well, God gives you resources, okay? God Mm -hmm. puts resources out here. And if you want to build a business, and your book is your business, so if you want to build a book, it takes money. It takes money. A business that has no money, it's ultimately going to go bankrupt unless it finds investors, sponsors, 
And I teach my clients how to do that too, honey. I have dreams, big dreams, all these different type of, of books and workbooks and planners that I want to create, huge dreams, huge visions. But I like spending other people's money to make my dreams come true, to make my visions come true, to bring those books to life. And so I teach my authors, you know, in businesses, um, we it's, it's the consumer's money, it's the consumer's dollars, it's the investors, it's sponsors that allow them to keep growing and growing and growing. So I teach my authors how to use other people's money to build their book or how to put their book business on layaway. The same way you put that pair of shoes or that nice purse or that nice suit on layaway, you may have to put your book business on layaway, which means if you can only spare $25 per paycheck, then you have to put that $25 aside and say, hey, I owe the, I owe the cover designer this. I'm going to put $25 away until I can pay the cover designer in full. I'm going to put $25 away until I can buy the barcodes in full. I'm going to put $25 away until I can pay the editors in full. Not having money and not having time should never be an excuse as to why you can't succeed at something you want to do. It's not an excuse unless you make it one. So not being able to have, not having money and not having time, I know we're human, and as humans, we seem to find the money and find the time to do the things we want to do. Well, in 2018, let's find the time and find the money to do the things we need to do. So if you need to grow your book business, then put strategies in place that will allow you to do so. Learn how to do a pre-order campaign. Learn how to seek sponsorships. Learn how to get grants. Do you know one of the attendees at the Act Like an Author, Think Like a Business Conference applied for a grant to attend the conference? She received the grant, and they are paying her way. She received, oh, oh, you know I teach you how to give money without a 501c3. Hmm. You know, hear she that? got that grant. You, you, you know, I, I, I teach it on day three of the conference. That is what I teach. Day three is called Make a Living as a Writer. And so all those authors and writers out there who get discouraged, stop letting people tell you you can't do this. Stop letting people tell you you can't make a living as a writer just because they haven't figured out how to do it. I got laid off over 15 years ago from my job as a paralegal in corporate America. I have been making a living as a writer ever since because I realized that my book was a business. It was a business. It had customers, which means I had to provide customer service, which means I had to find out who are these customers. Some authors are laser focused. They think readers are their only customers. Readers are not your only customer. I teach in my course 30 customers, 29 you're overlooking if you only believe a reader is your customer, how to interact with these customers, how to engage with these customers, and how to hustle a plan. Everybody's hustling. Everybody has a hustle, but you should be hustling a plan. There should be a rhyme or reason. Doing everything guerrilla style, how do you know what's effective? How do you know what's working if you don't, if you're not hustling the plan? Because when you're just hustling guerrilla style, you're throwing all kinds of lines in the water. How do you know what's going to catch the big, big fish? Get a plan and hustle the plan. It's called a business plan. It's called a book marketing plan. I, 
I teach my clients, I teach authors all of these things, but you have to be willing to say, hey, I don't just want to have a book out there because a lot of people just want to get my book out there. I just want to get my book out there. Okay, you can get your book out there. You can get your book out there quick. You can get your book out there easy. But if you want to keep your book out there and in the hands of the consumers and grow a legitimate business, build a legitimate literary empire, you can't just get it out there. You have to learn how this business operates. You can't just decide you want to write a book and just write this book. And, okay, let me find the ABCs and one, two, threes of publishing the book. Okay, let me do a little bit of social media, you know, and, and sell this book. Being an author goes beyond writing a book. It goes beyond publishing a book, and it goes beyond selling a book. There is a job description involved. There are multiple tasks. And it goes beyond just getting your book out there. And for some authors who say, you know, I want to go with a publisher because I want them to get me out there. Even a publisher can get you out there. Okay, they can get your book out there. Oh, your book is on the Barnes & Noble shelf. But how are you going to get it off the shelf and into the hands of the consumers? Again, how are you as an author going to exercise your job description, your duties, your role as an author, and get that book off the shelf and into the hands of a consumer. Because a book shipped out to a retailer is not a book sold. A book that sits on a shelf will be returned to your publisher. So whether you are a traditionally published author, whether you are a self-published author, your book is your business. Publishers are not your promoters. Publishers are not your teachers. Publishers are your partners. Each partner has a role. Your publisher, they're going to front that money. Depends on the publisher because now we have partnership publishing. It's called hybrid publishing. Once upon a time, there was a time when people told you, if you have to pay to get published, it's not a real publisher. That's no longer the case. It's called hybrid publishing. It's called partnership publishing where they, they vet. They actually vet, so that's not to be mixed up with a vanity press publisher. A vanity mm -hmm. press publisher typically has no interest in your work. They don't care if your book is the ABCs written 50 times over. They're going to publish your book, and even though it's the ABCs um, published 50 times over, you're still going to have editing errors in it, <laughs> okay? They're still mm -hmm. not going to make sure, you know, that the A came before the Z because they only have an interest in upselling you and getting your money. A hybrid publisher, a partnership publisher, they're going to front the money on the majority of the cost. It's almost going to be 50-50. You are going to have to pay for some of the process, but you're going to get a larger royalty. You're going to get a larger royalty with them, and they're going to vet. They're going to vet that book. They're going to vet that manuscript. It's going to go through a process. It's going to go through readers, and they're going to say, yeah, we think we can make money off of this. So that's the difference between the, the hybrid publisher and the vanity press. But, again, it's a partnership. Either way it goes, it's a partnership. And the author, it's your job to sell those books and to get those books off the shelf. And if you don't know how, if you don't know your job description, then that means those books are not going to move. Once your first cousins, second cousins, third cousins, and your neighbors and a few coworkers and church members buy those books, then that's that. That's that because you have to know your role as an author, and you have to treat that book as a business. And businesses don't make money. People do. So what's your job as an author? To make the money 
to sustain the business. And you have to think outside the book. You cannot be laser focused on book sales and royalties alone. You cannot spend all of your budget, all of your marketing budget. Yes, we have to have a marketing budget. All businesses have a budget. They have a plan. You cannot spend the majority of your budget on ads, on ads in this journal, on ads at this event. Ads are great, but now you're still only focusing on book sales and royalties. Your book has to speak for you, but you also have to speak for your book. You have to get out there and utilize your entire role. You have to maximize. You have to optimize. You have to monetize your role as an author so that you can make a living as an author. Now, what making a living is to you, it's all going to be different for all of us. Our measure of success is going to be different for all of us. But you cannot be fixated and think this business is about one, one source of income. It's beyond one source of income, and you have to know your worth, authors. You have to know the worth of your intellectual property, and you have to learn how to make money, yes, with the content in your book, but outside of the content of your book as well. You have to do inbound marketing. Customer service means communicating. You have to make sure you're communicating, communicating with your customers um, at least monthly, you know, I communicate weekly, sometimes biweekly, but at least monthly, which means newsletters, not just throwing up a good morning post on social media, on Facebook. Facebook is Mark's house. Your customers want to be invited to your house, your website. So when someone asks you, what is your website, businesses have their own website. Businesses aren't dropping a Facebook page a Facebook account. They may say follow us on social media, but they have a website. If you are a business, you have to have your own home, your own house. Mark is allowing us to pitch a tent. Your job is not to just hang out on social media. And your job is to get the people off of social media onto your website, which is your virtual home, opt-in. Have an opt-in form on your website where you can collect their email addresses so that you can communicate, so that you can talk and speak with those, with those clients, those customers, those fans, those supporters, because we know there's a difference between fans and supporters. A lot of times, you know, we think the fans, you know, make us or break us, and they do. Fans motivate us. Fans keep us going. Fans get our ego going. That keeps us hyped. That makes us keep writing. But supporters feed us. Supporters keep our lights on. You know, I hate to say this. I'm a huge fan of Mary J. Blige, but I have never supported her by investing in one of her concerts. I've never supported her by investing in one of her CDs, by investing in her download, but I'm a huge fan of her and her character and her work. But me being a fan of hers isn't paying her bills. So you have mm -hmm. to know the difference between fans. You can't get caught up in social media likes, Okay. Likes are great, but likes don't amount to dollars. Likes don't amount to dollars. So you have to know how to move, how to utilize your time, and how to treat every aspect of being an author and having that book as a business. Absolutely. You are listening to Let's Chat. I am Miss Felicia. You know my right hand most of the time. She is my left. The fabulousness. Tony is 
out this week, but will be back with us on next week. We are talking that talk about the business of books. We have author, publish, and book concierge, the fabulous E.N. Joy. She is on here talking that talk. If you are just tuning in, make sure you have your pencils and your pads ready because she is dropping jewels, y'all. She is dropping jewels about the business of books. I'm excited because... It 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 does bother me. I I love authors. I love their passion. I'm a sucker for passion. If you have a passion for what you're doing, I'm all in. Tell me about it. You know what I'm saying? That's why we have this show. It's a free platform. We let authors come on. We artists come on. They they come on and they let us experience their passion. That's part of their footwork and getting their word of mouth out there, getting themselves out there, because you have to have publicity, right? But I talk a little bit about pre-publications, um, because I know back in the day they had book galleys and arc mailing. And oh, they those still were do. Like, right, <laughs> isn't it free, um, free short reviews of the book? And sometimes people just give the books away free. Talk a little bit about the importance of um pre-publication and making sure that you market your book before you even get it out there. Yes, pre-publication is huge. And that's typically where a great deal of authors, and I don't say self-published authors, I don't, because it's vet authors as well. I, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't say new authors. A lot of you say, well, new authors, it's not new authors. It's authors all around. It's not just self-published authors. Um, even when you have a publisher behind you, even when you have a publisher publishing your book, there are still pre-publication tasks you should be doing as an author. I have worked for and I have worked with major publishing houses, and I know every single step that they take for the success of their author's book. Again, it's a partnership. The author has to play a role in it. But so many authors are pre-programmed to believe that if they have a publisher, that's it. All they have to do is write nice books. That is mm-hmm. not it. Again, it is a job. You have to do a beta reader campaign. You have to know what a beta reader is. I'm going to go ahead and open up my course curriculum that I'm actually going to be teaching from um, at the conference. And a lot of people can't make it to Las Vegas, which is it, going to be amazing. It is going to be epic. But people were inboxing me saying, I need to learn this information that you are teaching. But I can't make it to Vegas or I'm not waiting until September. I need to get on it now. I need to reconstruct my business. As a matter of fact, I need to turn into a business. So I actually teach these courses online. They are available online. So with the beta, the beta reader. The beta reader finds problems in a book before it's published. A beta reader is not a book reviewer. You want to have a beta reader campaign for your book. You want to have beta readers lined up. Beta readers are going to comment on writing styles, the title of the book, dialogue, pacing, cover, the story arc, the link, the length rather, the character development. They're going to um, focus and comment on the ending, um, the suspension or disbelief of the content. They're going to talk about the memorable moments. And you want to make sure you're choosing beta readers that fit your demographic. So, again, we're talking customers. You have to know your customers. You have to know the demographic. You cannot say your book is for everybody because that means it's for nobody because you don't know who it's for. 
You have mm-hmm. to know who your target audience is. And you want beta readers, the majority of your beta readers, to fit that demographic of your target audience. But you still want some people outside of that demographic, too, because some people say you wrote sci-fi and they've never picked up a sci-fi book. But I heard you talk in the introduction about eye candy. If it looks delicious, yummy, yummy, and they just want to unwrap it and give it a try and give this delicious morsel that they ordinarily wouldn't try, then you want this to be a phenomenal experience for them. You don't want them to be that person that says, oh, I tried sci-fi, it was the worst. Oh, I tried Christian fiction, it was the worst. Oh, I tried fantasy, it was the worst. You don't want to be that person, that author, that keeps them from trying another one. So you want to make sure that whether it's that, that Christian fiction audience or someone outside of the Christian fiction audience, you want to get both feedback. So that you definitely want to do um, your beta reader campaign, um, the review campaign before um, publication, the pre-publication. That is typically for trade reviews and for influencers, for bloggers who have, like, fan bases. You want to go ahead and make sure you get them pre-publication copies, which are also called ARCs, advanced review copies, or also known as galleys. Those are the books that you have, and, you know, they'll have the little note on it. It's unedited. Some are unbound. A lot of times now people even accept galleys in um, electronic format. So it's not that final version. It's that version that's going to allow you to get feedback, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, what I love about beta readers is when you make sure you have your beta reader campaign before you even give it to your editor, Beta readers are going to help you clean up a great deal of your book, which will ultimately save you money on editing. Because as editors, I'm an editor by trade. I have a base price that I start at, but if heavy editing is involved, I will raise that price. I will raise that price if heavy editing is involved. And so these beta readers Mm -hmm. can help you you know, fill in a lot of these potholes. So you definitely don't want to miss that part of the pre-publication campaign. As far as trade reviews, do trade reviews cost? Yes. They can cost a couple of hundred to $400. But let me just tell you this. I had a client, and she packaged up her book. I taught her how to package the book. Um, if she wanted to get in, let's, let's just say the store she was um, trying to get the book into, Barnes & Noble. So it depends on when you start working with a literary professional. Um, you know, I can meet authors wherever they are, but sometimes they're so far up the, you know, the ramp, you know, I have to meet them where they are. We go forward. Sometimes we've even done relaunches. But where she was at in this, she came to me say, hey, I want to get my book in bookstores. I don't want to just have it on Amazon. I don't just want it to be on Walmart.com. I want it to be in a Walmart, the store. I don't want it to just be in BarnesandNoble.com. I want it to be in the store. So we packaged the book up. Um, I gave her all the information she needed, um, gave her the submission guidelines, how she needed to get into the actual physical store. They sent her a letter. She was so excited. They said, we got your submission package. Everything looks great. We're just missing one thing, your trade reviews. And everybody knows with trade reviews, well, everybody, they don't know, because if everybody knew, she would have known. But, you know, um, when, when it comes to trade reviews, you know what I mean? My biggie small is if you don't know, now you know, baby. <laughs> you know, if you didn't know, you know, you know what, you know biggie small, hey, you know, rest in peace, B-I-G. I That's my favorite. Hip-hop party. Yes, I love it. anyway. But anyway... With trade reviews, they will not even accept your book for review. And it's $400 for some of them now. 
they will not accept that book for review if it is not if the release date is not four to six months out. Which means you can't just say, you know, my book's coming out next month. Let me get trade reviews. So if a they, if a trade reviewer like the Midwest Book Reviewer, Kirkus Review, or any place like that, if they need your book four to six months before it even is to be officially released, then that means you can't just finish a book and then set your release date for three months. That's not what major publishing houses are doing for their author's books because there's a process. The trade reviews, you want to make sure you get it to them four to six months out. You want to make sure you package it. Because she didn't go through that step, because she missed that step, she missed the opportunity of Barnes & Noble ordering copies of her book to place in their store. Now, I started off as a self-published author. I did not need a distributor to get my books in Barnes & Noble. I have learned and I teach how to package Okay, how to package, how to pitch, and how to promote. Package, pitch, and promote, or package, pitch, and propose. Once I packaged that baby up and I had my pitch and I had my proposal, I had my sell sheet in there, I didn't tell them about how great the book is. I told them about how much money I'm going to bring into their store. I told them how I'm going to market that book, how I'm going to tell people, everybody, go into Barnes & Noble, grab the book. They don't care how great your book is. They're not just buying a great book. They're buying your hustle, a.k.a. your work ethic. But that one, missing that one step kept her from getting her book in Barnes & Noble, that one step. So you definitely want to go through pre-publication process. You want to go through the pre-order campaign. The pre-order campaign is not making your book available on Amazon.com ahead of time. (laughs) It's not making, yes, that's not a pre-order campaign. That's making your book available for pre-order on Amazon or making your book available for pre-order on Smashwords or making your book available for pre-order on Barnes & Noble. That's just making your book available for pre-order. That's not a campaign. A campaign, a pre-order campaign should run anywhere for three to six months prior to the release of the book. My clients, I don't even, they don't even have to have their book written. We're selling books. I'm like, they like, I need money to pay you. Hey, let's start selling this book. They are selling money. They are selling their book and making money to pay me, whether it's editing or whether it's my consulting. Um, I'm a self-publishing companion, but they are making money. So some of you may be asking, well, if they're putting the book up on sale for pre-order for, you know, on Amazon and all of that, when people pre-order the book, you still don't get the money. See, that's just called putting the book on pre-order. You're right. You don't get that money. But when you run a pre-order campaign and you are selling that book on your website, even if you have a publisher behind you, you can still sell your book on your website. I have an entire course. It's based on specifically a pre-order campaign and making money for you, from your book before it's even written. That's the name of the course, how to make money from your book before it's written. And I teach you how to run that pre-order campaign, not to make your book available for pre-order, but how to run a pre-order campaign, including a cover reveal party. Most authors will do their cover reveal party, which is connected to their pre-order campaign, They will do that on social media. But I have clients, and one of my clients, she has her cover reveal in a museum, in like a gallery, because she has these amazing illustrations. So she partnered with the gallery. 
So she's having her amazing cover reveal, but at that time, she's taking pre-orders cash on the spot. She's going to make enough money to pay her printer before the book is even complete. That's how you build your book with other people's money. You can run all types of crowdfunding campaigns, and I'm not talking about Kickstarter to Indigo. I've researched platforms where people love the art. They have a love of the arts. They have a love of the written word, and they're waiting for the next bestseller. They're waiting to say, I believed in and I invested in that author. There's so many ways that not only can you um, prepare your book for its success long before it's even written, long before it's even written, but there's also ways you can create that buzz. If your measure of success is to make the bestsellers list, guess what? All of those pre-orders that you do happen to collect on Amazon or what have you, um, that store, that are that a pre-order campaign and buzz, stores will place orders for your book. Um, libraries even, we do library campaigns. I teach my clients how to do a library campaign. And hear me, hear me, hear me. If you hear nothing else, you don't have to wait for your book to be written. Don't wait for your book to get ready. Be ready for your book. Get ready and be ready for your book. When I wrote for traditional publishing houses out of New York, if my book was due to be released December 2018, I had to turn my manuscript into them December 2017. Let me repeat, and for all any publishers that are listening, for any publishers, if you have to have a schedule. You have to have a publication schedule. And if you have author's books who are due to release December 2018, if you want to operate and move like a business, like the big dogs in New York, if the book is set to release December 2018, your authors need to turn in that manuscript by 2017, December 2017, and you need to go through six months at least of the pre-publication. It needs to go through the various editing process, through the steps of the editing process. That can be anywhere from three to six months alone, three to six months alone. And then as a publisher, you want to be working on your author's behalf to get pre-orders. When I worked for a, for a publishing house, we pitched those books long before they were, even, they were even complete. Their books were still going to the editing process, and we were pitching those books to Barnes & Noble. We were pitching those books to Walmart. We were pitching those books to um, back then, you know, we had borders, you know, rest in peace, borders, <laughs> you know. But we were pitching those books because based upon how well we were marketing and packaging those books, that would be what the pre-order was based on. Now, if you get a $10,000 pre-order from Walmart, that's fabulous. That's great. That was exciting. That happened to me once. I got a 10000 pre-order from Walmart. A 10,000 pre-order, but that meant I had to up my game. I had to go in overtime in my job as an author because my publisher's job isn't to get those 10,000 books sold. My publisher's job is to make sure Walmart gets those 10,000 books, okay? Your publisher's job is to make sure that book is available, that it is available in multiple places. In multiple places, I know we have ebook only imprints. Even major publishers have ebook only imprints. There's nothing wrong with publishers who do ebook only. I know a lot of people frown on that. They're an ebook only publisher. That's okay. 
if they are a real business and not just pretending to be one, if they are doing everything that these major publishing houses are doing for their authors, if they are making sure when these authors sign on the dotted line, they're entrusting them with their literary careers. They're entrusting them with their stories, their messages, their testimonies, their ideas, their thoughts, their concepts. As a publisher, it is your job to make sure your author's book has a wide distribution available outside of ebook. But even ebook only publishers, you are doing your authors a huge disservice. If you only make their books available on Amazon, and if you only make their books available on Barnes & Noble, and if you only make their books available on Smashwords, okay? A huge disservice. I give my authors 15 ebook distributors, and that's not even all of them. That's not even all of them. I give them 15 ebook distributors where they should be selling their books and making money. But do you know the number one place, especially if you're a publisher, if you are a publisher, take the time to learn how to sell your author's ebooks on your own website so that both your profit margin and your author's profit margin can be increased. I teach it inside one of my courses how to sell your own ebooks on your website. When someone says, drop your link, and everybody's always asking out on social media, drop your link, drop your link to your latest book. I see so many people drop an Amazon link. It's not funny. Drop the link to your website. Drop the link to your website. Quit giving Amazon all of your money. You should be selling your book from your website. Even if you are a, published, a traditionally published author, we get discounted copies from our publishers. We're allowed to buy the discounted copy. Set your book at a price, include your shipping and handling, where you're able to give out autographed copies. Okay, so most of my books are with the publisher. So when you go to my website, enjoywrites.com, you are going to be taken to, taken to Amazon because I don't have the inventory um, that, that would allow me for every time somebody comes to my website you know, for me to get the book, I would have to check with my publisher. They would have to go to the warehouse. They would have to send. It would. Just, it's, it's too much. It's too much, and I'm traveling. I may not be able to get shipments out, and you know how readers are. You don't get them books out to them. So it makes sense for me to direct people to Amazon once they hit the buy button. But when you come to my website, I have a page for every book I've ever written. It has its own page. It says learn more. You get the synopsis, and then it says buy. When you buy the book, it will take you to Amazon, but guess what? It's an affiliate link. I have an affiliate association with Amazon. So when you buy my books from my website, I get a pushback. I get a cut from Amazon. Amazon deposits a check into my account every month. So if you must, if you must sell your books only through Amazon, still create a page on your own website where people can at least come visit your website. Like I said, that's your house. That's where you're blogging. That's where your tour schedule is. That's where your customers are going to know where to find you. They're going to know when you're in their neck of the wood. They're going to see your, your photos. They're going to see all this information about you, and they're going to be able to buy your books. But if you must, must, must only sell your books from Amazon or Barnes & Nobles or what have you, at least get an affiliate link so that you get a kickback. But Drop your website link. Stop dropping Amazon. They're getting enough of our money. They are getting enough of our money. 
stop promoting Amazon because they are very funny about how they promote you. You guys know the algorithm, but yet we promote them like nobody's business. We promote Amazon's business over our own, and that's sad because McDonald's ain't going to never promote Burger King. (laughs) I know that's right. I know that's right. And, you know, I think it's important that you you have a team. You got to have a team to help you push your brand, push you. I don't care if you have a publisher or not. You got to be able to have Mm -hmm. a team. And with that team, you have to know what each person is to do. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times people get promoters. They get promoters to basically do the work that they don't want to do. And this is the thing. A promoter can drop 65 million links all day long, but if nobody is checking for you, if nobody knows you, it doesn't matter. They're still not going to click the link. You know what I'm saying? So it's very important that even though you have a promoter out there dropping links here and there, that you are out there promoting your own work when you go to events. I don't care where you are. Promote your own work. Grocery store, gas station, you are your own cheapest form of promotion. Yeah. And And you you have to be be part of that team. It does. It it does take a team. And I'm not saying go out and hire full-time employees because I'm my only full-time employee right now. I incorporated. And, you know, I didn't incorporate from the jump. And at day two of the conference, build your book business, I, I, we go over this, we go over when to incorporate, when not to incorporate, maybe incorporating isn't great for you, do, when, when to do S-Corp, when to do doing business as, when to do an LLC, um, doing a partnership agreement. We cover all of these things because if you're running a business, the last thing you want to do is for Uncle Sam to come trample all over your business and your dreams. So you want to make sure you're setting everything up tight. You want to make sure, especially if you are a publisher, that you have the insurance in place that's going to cover your business and your butt and your book. Okay, the three Bs. You need to make sure you have the insurance in place. We need to make sure we have the disclaimers in place on our website. We need to make sure we're working with the right agreements and the right contracts. Okay, everything you do in business requires some type of agreement or some type of a contract. So again, I'm my only employee, but I have contractors that I hire. I have virtual assistants. So I do have a team. None of them are full employees, but I'm positioning myself and I'm preparing myself. ADP handles all of my payroll. Um, Again, I'm my only employee. So my company, End of the Rainbow Project, they have one employee because remember, businesses don't make money, people do. So it's going to be only so long before Uncle Sam comes knocking on your door if you incorporate, but yet you don't have any employees. Uncle Sam is going to say, well, how are you getting money? At least hire yourself as a consultant. At least hire yourself as a consultant. So Into the Rainbow has one employee, which is me. So I get a paycheck. I get a paycheck. I'm on salary. I get a W-2 at the end of the year. All of those things, I'm in position. I am in position because a lot of people think, well, I'll just keep writing my business off of the law. You know, I, I don't I don't want to call it a hobby, but I'm just going to keep writing off as a law. Pretty soon, once again, Uncle Sam will come knocking at your door and say, this is a hobby. You're still not making any money? This is a hobby. Because if you have all these write-offs, but yet you keep telling Uncle Sam you don't have any money, 
they're getting a little confused. Well, how are you writing this, this, and that off? Where did you even get the money for this, this, and that? You're writing off computers. You know, you're writing off a cell phone. You're writing off all of this stuff, but yet you say no money's coming in. So how are you getting this? So you have to make sure you are separating yourself from your business. And, again, I'm not saying you have to go out and incorporate and get this EIN and open up this business bank account and all of that, but at least open up a separate bank account. So if you're banking, let's say at Fifth Third for your personal, then get open up another bank account at the, a Huntington or at a Chase or something like that. And if you don't have a business, keep it in your name, but tell yourself, this is only for my business. This way I can keep records. I can keep documents. If you don't have a company that's not incorporated yet, get, a, get one credit card. Or that you don't have to get a new credit card. Pay a credit card you have off now and say, this credit card will only be used for business expenses. That allows you to document everything. Your accountant will love you. Speaking of accountants, businesses have accountants. Businesses have accountants. It's one time a year you're going to have to pay that accountant when you're just filing the corporate taxes. Now, when you hire your employee, when I hired myself, I had to start filing quarterly employee taxes, employee withholding taxes. But when you're first starting off in those first couple of years, you really don't have the employee, you haven't hired yourself yet, you can just get that accountant, you know, grow with the accountant. I've had my accountant almost 20 years. I've been in the literary industry almost 20 years. When I wrote my first book, I knew it was a business. I knew it was a business. I've had the same accountant 20 years. He knows me. He knows everything about me. He knows everything about the book business. He knows what to write off, what I can't write off. A lot of people, when you try to do this yourself, you forget to write off things like that fee PayPal charges you. Yeah, you know PayPal don't give you the whole $100 when somebody buys $100 worth of book or Square. That little fee you pay to PayPal and you pay to Square, you should be writing that off on your taxes my automobile it's under my company's name so everything associated with my audio automobile i write off in taxes when i get a car wash i write it off in my taxes when i buy a new windshield wiper blade i write off when i change a tire when i get an oil change it's all a write off we can't pretend to be this business be a business be a business. Authors, we are not extinct. We are not extinct. Like I said it the last time I was on the show, books have just as great of an influence on society as music, as film, as dance. We're literary artists. We're literary entertainers. We're building literary, art, literary empires. We're just not writing books, okay? We're literary architects building literary empires. We have to start treating it as a business. And then our customers, the readers, the non-readers, the influencers, the book buyers, they will look at us differently, and they will have a greater level of respect. If we respect our book and we respect ourselves as an author, remember, that's our job title, that's our role, and if we respect our book business. Absolutely. I love it. You are listening to Let's Chat. I am Miss Felicia. You know my right hand, and most of the time she is my left. The fabulous Miss Tony is not with us on today, but will be back with us on next week. We wish her a speedy recovery. We are talking that talk with the fabulous author, Eaton Joy. She's talking about the business of books. She just gave us a mouthful. If you didn't, if you're just tuning in and you did not get the whole 
whole bucket of jewels, okay? Let me tell y'all, a whole bucket of jewels. Just go back and check out our archives <laughs> here on blogtalk.com. You can actually pick us up on any podcast app as well as iTunes. Just do Let's Chat with Miss MZ Tony. T-O-N-I and Leisha, L-I-S-S-H-A, and we will pop up. We will pop up, child. Yes, we are up in there. So you don't have to just be on Facebook to get our link. You don't have to just be on Blog Talk to get our link. You can be in the privacy of your own home, your own phone, okay? We love it. We had a great, great, great conversation with the fabulous E. Enjoy today. I'm a, I'm a cut it here because she giving y'all, she giving away buckets of information, <laughs> and so we want to make sure, like she tells me, don't be giving away the information for free. Stop letting people pick your brain for free. <laughs> she tells me that all the time. <laughs> we want to make sure that you guys go out. Check out her webinars. Check out her her event that's going to be in Vegas um, this September. Hit her up for her concierge services and her consultations. Make sure that you go out and and get the information that you you need and that you want the right kind of information. Now, we appreciate everything that you do for the literary world. We want you to shout out all of your social media and – the information they need to be able to take any of your courses, be able to get you as an editor, be able to to utilize your concierge services, or anything else that you <laughs> enjoy got going on. Well, you can definitely reach out to me at pathtopublishing.com. That's www.path2to, not the numeral two. Publishing. So that's www.pathtopublishing.com. There you can learn more about the conference. You can even register for the conference. You can also find me at www.enjoywrites.com. That's E N J O Y W R I T E S. I'm all over social media. I have my Path to Publishing Facebook page. I have my Act Like an Author, Think Like a Business Facebook page. I have my Joylyn M. Ross Facebook page. I have my Author E. Enjoy Facebook page. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Pinterest. We're on Periscope. We're on about 30 different social media platforms, and I know folks don't even realize there's 30 out there. But let me tell you, when somebody Googles you, you better you better roll up. I don't care if you ain't never heard of the website I'm on with the profile. You when you Google me, you gonna get something. When you Google Joyland Ross, when you Google author Ian Joy, when you Google Path to Publishing, when you Google Act Like an Author, Think Like a Business, something is coming up. If you Google McDonald's, something coming up. If you Google Tide, something coming up. If you Google Walmart, come all of those are businesses. Authors, you are a business. Your intellectual property, it's priceless. Do we have to put a price tag on it? Yes, absolutely. That's our business. But you are priceless. I love it. We appreciate you coming to kick it with us in the chat room. Now, we always do a fun question. Tony is normally here to do a fun question for us, child. So I'm going to have to muddle my way through it because I can't do it like T. T, T, get the questions. They be real good. I'll be like, wow, cut your pearls, and we apologize in advance. But (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm going to ask you, see, see, you're a Christian fiction author. But Yep, I'm a Christian fiction author. I started off a as a secular, of writing erotica secretly. That's right. It's a little drama, a little some everything in there. So I'm yeah. going to give you a prop. The prop I'm oh, going goodness. to give you is candle wax. I want you to give us a short excerpt with one of your favorite characters in one of your favorite series and use the candle wax in that scene. Okay, right here we have Deborah and we have Lennox from the Sunday Only Christian. They defy, defy romance with their cat and mousing endeavors, again, that just totally defies romance. But like the cat always catches the mouse or the cat always wants to catch the mouse, and in this case, Deborah being the cat caught the mouse, a mighty mouse and the amazing Lennox. Ouch, baby, that burns. I'm 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 so sorry. I, I was nervous. I've never done anything like this before. Well, I'm glad I could be your first. You are my first, my one, my only, my forever. Now light the candle, the unity candle. And let's just say I do. There you have it. <laughs> that was going to be nasty, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> the unity yes, candle. Oh, yeah, we got it. I was like, yes, honey. Yes, Chad. Yes, let's give it to us. See, y'all had those minds all in the gutter. They were at the altar, honey. They were at the altar about to say, I do. Now, next yes. time I'll be on the show, it's going to be their honeymoon. So, we're okay. going to do something else with that candle wax. Y'all go out and support. 
support this fabulous author. Her pen might be down for a minute, but I guarantee, give it 12 months, it's going to be back up again. Her pen about to be back oh, up yeah. again. But until then, oh, make yeah. sure y'all understand the book, the business of books. Learn the business of books. Get into the business of books. Somebody that can show you the business of books. You got Ian Joy. You got the fabulous Keisha Green. Myself, Nene Capri, Aaron Beeble. Hey, it's tons. It's yes. tons of people out there that teach you the business of books. Honestly, Rashonda Tate Billingsley, Victoria Christopher Murray, Monique Hall, Tamika Newhouse, they are out there. They are out yes. there. So yes. y'all have to get that information, and, and it's not going to be free. And stop thinking that they owe you something because they don't. But y'all got to get that understanding. You know, so we can stop saying that this is a dying breed. It's not a dying breed. The fact that you don't know the business of books is why you're dying. Learn the business of mm-hmm. books and learn to write the book, too, because you got to do both. Some people, you know, they just think they just go out there writing. They don't have no, no structure, no guidance. You know, that's different. That's another show. But on this show, we want to make sure that you understand the business of books. We appreciate you guys. Thank you so much, Ian Joy. We love you so much here on Let's Chat. Thank you. I love you guys, too. Thank you, and thank you to your listeners. We appreciate you. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you all tune in next week. We will have the fabulous Seth Ferranti. He is a true crime author. We have Swift Sloan. And Raquel Williams, they're going to be rocking with us in the chat room. We will see you guys next week. Have a great day. Let's hit you with some of that Aaron Bebo. Yes, Aaron Bebo, think outside the box, y'all. Think outside of the book. He is more than just an author. I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole riff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole riff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone Shorty like my body, set my name first Gonna make up, go in the same purse We out here on the grind she got the same thirst, I got a mind, body, and soul, three round burst. My soldier in heels, the breast behind the ski mask, Netflix and chill. As I roll out the weed bag, she show how she feel. You know a nigga see that, she want my attention and she know it's time to be back. I'm always down the block, put on Mary J. Blige. I'm like handles till she see a mirage. When it's deep, my rib can feel a squeeze from her thigh. I could tell that she mind by the look in her eyes. If we get caught in the act, we'll be sentenced to life. So when it's time to throw down, we don't ever think twice, taking shots at the missus, but this is my wife, so all them shots be misses, bitch, get you a life, I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on, one line at a time, one snore, she gone, like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong, roll up one whiff and I'm gone, I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on, one line at a time, one snore, she gone, like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong, roll up one whiff and I'm gone, gone. Yeah.